0: Welcome to the Psychedelic Integration Podcast. I'm Sinclair Fleetwood, your psychedelic life coach, and I teach you how to connect with your soul mission, follow your heart, and make lasting changes in your life by creating a sacred spiritual partnership with plant medicines. Learn easy tools, tips, and integration strategies that will demystify the psychedelic renaissance and open the way for you to come back home to yourself. If I can do it, you can do it too. Find out how here. family Sinclair Fleetwood, welcome to the show. I'm always happy to hang out with you here and I appreciate you being here. I wanted to remind you I am giving away seven free one-hour coaching sessions with me between now and August 31st and a bunch of them have been snatched up already so there's a few left. If you are interested in trying coaching, you've never done it before or you're stuck, you need clarity, you want to be witnessed, you need someone to hold space for you while you share about something that's going on in your life. You want some guidance, direction, support, just to hang out and find out what all of this is about. I invite you to join me. I would love to coach you. I can coach you on anything. It doesn't even have to be related to plant medicine or psychedelics. So go to my website, SinclairFleetwood.com, click on book a free coaching session, and that's how you sign up. And I will see you on Zoom. So, this episode is for anyone who is feeling spun out or overwhelmed, stuck, like you're on the hamster wheel of constantly self sabotaging and going back into the same issue over and over in your life. And feeling like no matter what you change, no matter what you try, no matter how much effort or energy or time or money you put into solving your problems, you are perpetually dissatisfied. You feel unhappy, you feel stuck, and it doesn't seem like there's any solution to it. So let's unpack this a little bit. This is normal, this feeling of dissatisfaction. And I'll tell you why it's normal and where it comes from. Having us feel dissatisfied and turning that dissatisfaction inward, looking at ourselves and being like, there must be something wrong with me. There is something wrong with me. Maybe I should go to the doctor. And the doctor says, Oh yes, this is wrong with you. This is wrong with you. This is wrong with you. Here's a diagnosis. How about take these, take these pharmaceuticals and you'll have to take them for the rest of your life. Because if you stop taking them, you'll be broken again. And this will just help you live with your broken ass shit. And you know, see you in six months. Why are so many people, so many young people, so many people of all ages, really, But why are so many people being diagnosed with things like ADHD, OCD, being on the autism spectrum, having autoimmune disorders, chronic illness, chronic pain, mental health issues, anxiety, depression, PTSD? I have not met anyone in such a long time who does not have some kind of systemic painful issue going on in their life. And I work in a field where I am constantly talking to people that are struggling with these things, but everyone I meet is going through something. And I started asking myself like a long time ago when I started doing this work, when I was healing from my addiction, when I wanted to know where did this addiction come from? Like, why do I have this? Why is, you know, and they'll tell you, well, addiction is hereditary. It's like, genetic and it's a disease and all of this. And I never bought that. I was like, this doesn't feel, this is a behavior. This is something I'm choosing to do. This is not a disease. I don't like that answer. And what I found was that the conditions that I grew up in and the, the way I needed to cope with what was going on in my life, addiction was there as a, a protection, a coping mechanism. And so why are so many people reaching for coping mechanisms? Why are so many people having disordered experiences in their body? Why are so many people mentally suffering? Why are so many of us physically ill with mystery illnesses that are, you know, sleep, digestion, sex, hormones, you know, weight gain, like all of these different things are coming. There is something wrong. And this perpetual dissatisfaction that we have is not your fault. This disorder or illness or disease that you have is also not your fault. Having a population that mostly is exhibiting form, form, different forms of early or, like, we're all exhibiting different forms of disease, dis-ease. We are not at ease. We are out of balance. We are Our bodies are coping with huge amounts of environmental toxins, stressors that are disrupting our hormones. Our water system is not serving us. We are you know, our soils are depleted. Like everything that we're being fed and exposed to is toxic. And if you look out into the world, it's a scary place. I don't watch the news. I haven't watched the news in years. I don't look at the news. I don't care what any pundits have to say about the government. And it's a protective mechanism that I choose. I choose not to engage with that because it gives me anxiety and I use the internet. So I typically see what's going on lately. I've been seeing reports that there are UFOs now. And like literally, I don't know if this is true or not because I haven't researched it, but people are so stressed and burned out and fucked up that the government is like, Oh yeah, there's UFOs and no one cares because everyone is too fucking tired to care. 10 years ago, this would have been like, oh my God, UFOs, what are we going to do? Are they coming? Like now everyone's just like, great, UFOs, cool. See, you." you know, like the, the amount of like, literally everyone is just barely holding on. And this system is collapsing. And that, that's the truth of what's happening. This system is going to collapse. There is no way for it to continue in its current iteration without collapsing. It is unsustainable the amount of extraction and resource depletion that's happening, like it can't, it's a finite system that we live in, the way that we're doing it. There's actually plenty of resources for everyone to have as much as they need if we change the way that we do everything. Um, So looking out at the world and seeing all of this is really, really heavy. And what we have happening is all these super sensitive young, beautiful people who are coming into the world and also people of all ages who are waking up to their own sensitivity, to their own connection with the earth, to their individual humanity and their individual responsibility and looking around and being like, oh my God, what have we done? What are we doing? How am I participating in this? And that's how you see, you know, people becoming like militant vegans and Really taking a stand against some of these practices and saying like, okay, I'm going to be a zero waste person and I'm only going to ride a bike and I'm going to stop using plastic and I'm not going to drive a car and like these all these are all great things to do, you know. I'm not saying don't do these things, but it's an, it's another way of chasing these external circumstances and trying to change things so that you can finally find some relief and feel safe and happy and whole and connected. And the only way to find that is in yourself. And the thing about this society that we've created is that it is designed to make us sick, make us physically sick, make us emotionally sick. It, we are spiritually severed from source energy and literally physically severed from the actual source of energy that we need to live, which is the sun and the earth, like touching the earth with our feet, being outside, spending time in the sunshine, getting sun in the morning and the evening. Like we're just living our life. Like we essentially live indoors in fake light in cages, just like, just like, like rats, you know, in a laboratory. And what this this way of living has created is a lot of systems in our bodies are not working in the way that they should. And so we're seeing all of these illnesses and all of these, these disorders and coping mechanisms and afflictions coming out because we are lacking this these very basic, very simple very necessary things that we need as living animals on this planet. And we're addicted to our suffering. If you're a person that has trouble celebrating when something good happens, if you are like feel like constantly in a hustle, you know, something good happens, you, you achieve something, something, you know, you have a, you have a positive, you have, you get a win, let's say. And the time you spend celebrating the win is like, oh, cool. Great. Awesome. So glad that happened. Moving on to the next thing. Like you're constantly in problem solving mode. You're constantly like, I need to put all of my attention on this issue in my life. Like maybe I'm not sleeping or maybe, you know, I'm having problems with my partner or my job isn't it doesn't feel good. And I'm, you know, I'm suffering in some way. And then you're constantly like looking outward of like, what outside thing can help me feel better? And you just keep trying different things because we are told, okay, here's what you do. You're born, you go to school, you do well in school, you pay attention, you follow the rules, you get good grades. Maybe you're the valedictorian, you play football, whatever then you go to college. You're going to get a good job if you go to college and getting a good job is really important. And you go to college and you get your car and you get your credit, keep your credit good. And you, you get married and you, you have some kids and buy a house and have barbecues and coach a kid's soccer team and go to your job. And like, I don't even know, does anybody find that fulfilling? Like at all? None. There's no, there's no, like, build a fellowship of love and connection with and friendship with the people in your community have spiritual experiences that expand your horizons and inspire your creativity, dance with abandon. Like the program is like come work as a cog in a machine until you die. And then maybe you can get a motor home and drive to Florida and go see the grand Canyon and good luck. There's this woman that I worked with when I used to work for the American Red Cross back in my earlier career. I worked there for eight years and did disaster relief there. And there was a really lovely, sweet woman that I worked with named Rhonda. And she had worked at the Red Cross since she was 20 years old. And when I started there, she, I think we worked together for about five or six years she worked in the accounting department and she was just such a sweet lady. She had a beautiful family that she loved. She loved her husband. She loved her daughter. Her daughter had just had a baby. Like she was a grandmom and she was getting closer and closer to her retirement. And she was like living for this retirement. She was so excited to retire and to be able to finally spend time with her family and like, you know, go travel and like enjoy her home and all of the stuff that she had saved and worked for her whole life. And so Rhonda retired when it was time and it was, you know, bittersweet. We loved her. I didn't want to not see her anymore, but I was like, oh, it's so sweet. She's going to to go live her, her dream life. And literally like two weeks after she retired, she had a massive stroke and died. And I was just like, this was, I was not close with this woman. We worked together, you know, it's like a coworker relationship. This floored me. I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Why did this lovely woman spend all of her life sitting in this cubicle, typing numbers into this spreadsheet instead of like planning her garden and hanging out with her kid and like being a grandmother and traveling. And like, As finally she gets to do this. And now she died. And it, it really hit me at that point, And I actually think that that was a big kind of seed planting for me of like, there is something wrong. Like you need to leave. <laughs> like this is not okay. I would just catch myself like staring out the window of my office, looking at the trees and the blue skies and being like, I would rather be a hobo riding trains right now than being, be in this office. And like, okay, that's an extreme. I'm like a little bit dramatic sometimes. I'm not saying that that is a preferable lifestyle and like, that's actually very dangerous and I would not like it. Um, I am actually a person that like needs a little bit of comfort, but that feeling of being trapped and stuck and not having any resources and not having any power and not having any money and not having any choices feels horrible. It's demoralizing. It feels terrifying and it feels, It feels hopeless. And that feeling of hopelessness and despair, like it's never gonna change, and there's no hope, and there's no way out, and there's no one to support you, and no one sees you, and not feeling like you know intuitively what to do, that's where we lose a lot of people. There are people who are like, that's all I got. I can't anymore. I can't do this anymore. And I don't want to lose any more people because there's too many, there are too many beautiful, powerful, amazing, world-changing people with amazing gifts that are not valued in capitalist society that are getting lost. And they cannot be lost. We can't lose any more people. We need the people. We need everyone who has the ability to see that this is not okay to stay and do something else. And I can tell you that I know how hard it is to stay when you don't feel okay. I have been through that place in my life many times. And if you're listening to this and you're feeling like you don't want to stay, stay, please. We need you to stay. And I want to address this like addiction that we have to suffering. And when I call it an addiction, I am not saying that this is your fault or it's your choice, even necessarily, it's not your conscious choice. Nobody wants to, to be constantly looking for problems and like, okay, no matter what changes, no matter what happens, I just can't feel happy. There's something deeper going on. And some of it might be biological. Some of it might be physical. Some of it might be emotional. Some of it might be restored trauma. Some of it might be dysregulated nervous system some of it might be what are you eating some of it might be like there's glyphosate on your vegetables like (laughs) you might be allergic to wheat who knows there's so many different things that you can do to support yourself but recognizing and admitting and accepting that like i am oriented to putting attention on what is wrong instead of what is right that is normal. That is how most of us are wired and operate. And, and this dissatisfaction is the system working as it is designed. Because when you have a person who is dissatisfied with themselves, with their life, with their choices, with their options, they are saying, I have no power. And when you're constantly looking outside of yourself for answers and support, you're, you're giving away your power. And that's not to say that like getting support is bad. Like there are lots of times where getting support is the thing that you need to move forward. So what I'm talking about is like, if I just, oh, this new car is the answer, or maybe this new job is the answer, or maybe this new city is the answer, or this relationship is the answer. Like this thing is going to solve my dissatisfaction if you are a person who collects jobs and relationships and places to live, and none of that has solved anything, the answer is likely something else. It's something deeper. Sometimes the, you know, sometimes it's like, if you have a plant that's growing in soil, that doesn't, it's not, that doesn't have the nutrients that it needs. It's not going to grow. It's going to, it's going to wither. It's going to die. Sometimes you do need to change your environment. Sometimes you do need to change your relationship. Sometimes you need to change your job. These are all parts of the solution. But the first thing to do is recognize that like my orientation and my attention is on everything sucks and the world is a mess and there's no hope. And like, I'm just going to give up and complain and be a sad sack and like, like sit in my own misery about it. And you might often kind of bounce from that state of being like, everything is terrible. You know, there's all these systemic injustices. I see what's going on in the world. That's the reality. And I really love, um, I call it like bliss bunny, bliss bunny um, content when I'm feeling in that place of like, everything is terrible. There's no solution. Everything sucks. I'm going to like go work at McDonald's because nothing is working um i will turn on abraham hicks and abraham hicks if you don't know is a um it's like a channeled consciousness it's a they abraham is a they it's a a a being that is that is multiple beings i guess is how to describe it and there's a woman esther hicks she is the channeler she's the voice of abraham and their whole thing is law of attraction. That the reason that you feel terrible and everything is the worst is because you are attracting that because that's where you're putting your attention and your vibe. And I like this idea that your only job when you feel like that is to feel better, to, to give yourself permission to have a little bit better feeling thought to put attention somewhere else. If this thing that is like your nemesis in your life and you put all of your attention on it, it is not going to go away. And this, this is, I know this is true because I have had this happen in my life in lots of different instances. It was just like, you know, if you're fighting a dragon and you wake up every day and you're like, there's this fucking dragon in here and I have to fight it. Like that's my life. I fight this dragon and the dragon you know, fucks me up. And then I go to sleep and I'm like terrified in my sleep because there's a dragon right here. And I keep like fighting the dragon, but the dragon doesn't have any ability to like actually kill you or anything. It's just, it's just there in the room. And the reason it's fighting with you is because you attack it every day. And I started thinking about, you know, my previous dragons that I have slain in my life, like my addiction, my chronic pain, You know, my issues with my relationship, like all of these different areas in my life where I saw my addiction to dissatisfaction and like saw myself, my patterns, and was able to consciously look and be like, you know what? I'm putting all my attention on this. I'm actually making this worse by by putting so much attention on it. And so in that regard, the law of attraction can be really powerful. It can be it can be a place to uplift yourself when you, when you just don't feel up like able to do it yourself. I really like to engage with Abraham Hicks when I'm feeling stuck because it helps me remember that I can put my attention elsewhere and I have a choice in every moment of where to put my attention. So we know what the problem is. We are, we are programmed to be unhappy and The more unhappy we are, the more we're likely to buy things and to strive for things and to think, oh, this thing, this shiny thing will help me feel better. And, and that's the, that's the guarantee is if we stay stuck in asleep in these cycles of, you know, dissatisfaction and turning that dissatisfaction on into ourselves and being like, well, if only you had this, what this other person has, you know, and like comparison, comparing ourselves to other people. Looking at someone else and being like, oh, must be nice, must be nice to have such a great life and be rolling around in money. It's like, you don't know what's going on with that person. Like, you have no idea. You're making up a story. Calm down. So, with any problem, the first step is like acceptance that I have this issue. This is what it is. I see you. Here you are. I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. We are here together and I am ready to do something different about this. So, how do we start to shift this dissatisfaction, this unhappiness, this constant focus on the problem all the time? How do you move out of that when that's the vibration, when that's the momentum that you have going? What can you do to move the needle to feel better? And the answer is there's a lot of different things that you can do, and it might be different for what works for you than what works for me or somebody else, but I'm going to share some stuff that I really like that can help you move away from feeling like you don't have any power. And, you know, number one is plant medicine, because this is what we're talking about, right? It's like plant medicine is calling people, it's calling people through all different kinds of ways. It's calling people in the medical model. It's calling people through coming to come to a retreat. It's calling people through the internet. It's calling people through other people. And sometimes the doing something different is not doing anything. And that is something that we just do not know how to do as like a Western Go, 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 like masculine focused society. We're designed and rewarded for solving problems and finding solutions and doing stuff. And oh my God, I am the worst at this. I am like the queen of let me find 70 solutions to this. I will solve this problem. I'll solve my problem and I'll solve your problem also. Let me help you. And I have seen this backfire so hard in my romantic relationship where. I actually didn't know how to just offer support to someone that I love instead of trying to like make it all better and solve it for them. And I recognize that like, if I'm reacting this way in relationship, that's a reflection of how I am treating myself. So I started taking a look at like, what are all the places in my life where I'm constantly trying to fix myself. I don't want my healing journey to be about fixing me because there's nothing wrong with me. There's simply a constant communication conversation going on between me and my body, between me and my emotions, between me and my mind, and between me and spirit. These are the four components of my holistic self in this iteration. And I'm in partnership with all those parts of myself. I'm in partnership with this open communication that's happening. Instead of looking at the body and, and the emotions and the mind as like, these are parts of me that are malfunctioning. We have to start looking at it like, okay, I don't feel, I don't feel good. Like I feel terrible something is wrong. And then starting to like investigate, instead of going into problem solving mode, how am I making this problem bigger? Like, how am I creating this? This is something I ask my clients all the time. How are you, ask yourself, how am I creating this? How am I creating this? Because you are creating it. We all are. We create our own reality. And a lot of us create a reality that feels like shit because that's what we know how to make but you can learn how to create a reality that doesn't feel like shit and starting to shift from looking at something as like it's me versus my body it's me versus my illness it's me versus this diagnosis it's me versus my autoimmune disorder you can come into relationship with yourself you can come into conversation with all these different parts of yourself and start to lay down some of these fears and these neuroses and these stories and, you know, the habituation to struggle. The fastest way to stop struggling is to stop participating in the struggle. Just refuse to participate. Let the dragon be in the room. Give it a name. Hey, what's up, Joe? hey, you're welcome here. Thanks for being here. I get that we're supposed to fight today, but I'm not going to engage with you. And start to create some space around the obsession with fixing whatever is so-called wrong with you. Because, number one, there's nothing wrong with you. And in that space, in that slowing down, an opening to the idea that maybe I can shift my energy and put my attention somewhere else. And that might take time. You know, when you do things in a natural way, it doesn't happen overnight. You don't get the instant gratification that you get when you pop a pill or, you know, do something intense. This way of healing is much, much slower and it takes a lot of patience, and consistency, and doing little things, creating a path of sacred devotion to yourself. I was talking with a a client this week about purpose, and mission, and soul mission, and we were talking about career, because that's often what comes up for people, in when you talk about, like, what my purpose is, and I want to we've gotten confused about purpose and the reason that we're here and making money essentially. And we were talking about the difference between the, the purpose for being here and like your soul expression of, you know, maybe your, my soul expression is being a coach and doing work with medicine and, and supporting people in that way. But that's not my purpose. It's not my reason for living. If I had to get a different job, it would be fine. I would do something else. I could do lots of things. I enjoy doing lots of things. You are your purpose. You are the reason that you are here. Your health, your wellness, your ability to experience, your enjoyment, You are the only you that will ever exist in the history of the world. You are a unique snowflake. And what is the purpose of a snowflake? What's the purpose of a flower or a bee? Bees do have a job. Yes, they pollinate things. They make honey. They buzz around. They have a cool vibe but I think their purpose is just to be a bee. It's easy for us to see in animals. It's like, what is this bear's purpose? He's just doing bear shit. He's (laughs) catching fish and scratching his back on a tree and like sleeping in a cave and hibernating. And you know, we make it so complicated like that. There's some mystery thing that we've come to do and we have to go on a quest to find out what it is. And it has to be a job and it should make us a lot of money and we better enjoy every minute of it. And I think that's really setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment because not everyone is going to find their purpose in a job. And especially if you want to be in the spiritual realm, in a healing, you know, in a healing vocation, it's hard. It's not always like they say on the internet. And I've seen so many people and coach so many people who come into this work with this story of, of how their special purpose is going to be this huge career that like gives them their dream life, and when it doesn't happen on the timeline that they want, they start telling themselves that there must be something wrong with me, I must not be good enough, my magic, my medicine must not be needed, and that is not true it's not your medicine is needed absolutely so how do you create a path of sacred devotion to yourself i like this idea i've talked a little bit about gentle discipline before and i've kind of changed my terminology to be more even more feminine and the, i never i don't like the word discipline and and i was trying it on and i was like oh gentle discipline that makes that sounds a little more you try that on no i do like the word devotion and what devotion is is being devoted to your path being devoted to your highest self to connecting to spirit to putting your spiritual life in the front to living in integrity to you know being an ethical conscious participant in your own evolution and a lot of that devotion requires some action around it and it requires things like finding daily practices that support your health and wellness because when we're when we're dysregulated and sick and struggling with symptoms and illness and mental health we're not able to serve our purpose of enjoying life and having fun and being present and sharing love with other people because we're stuck and trapped in the prison of our, of our pain and suffering. And you didn't come here to suffer so that other people could feel good. You didn't come here to serve people from an empty cup. You have to fill your own cup. And if that is all you do for this whole lifetime, that is enough. Even if you only fill it halfway, you have to learn how to fill it. You have to learn how to take care of yourself. You have to be the anchor and the root of the tree for the tree to get strong and grow fruit. You have to root in. You have to let it get really vibrant. And you have to learn how to trust yourself and trust your inner knowing of what is best for you. And stop outsourcing your happiness and wellness to people on the internet. I don't care if it's a Reddit thread or an Instagram account or a TikTok or whatever. We have to stop looking outside of ourselves. We the only way to start flexing your intuitive muscles and to recognize that you have them, and to trust yourself is to practice doing it, and that means checking in with your inner knowing. And believing yourself. And if you have come from a, a traumatic past where you were taught not to believe yourself, you know, maybe you have were growing up in a strict household or religious household or some kind of you know origin family that that made you disbelieve your own knowing, this is something that you have to practice and unlearn. And a lot of it is coupled with nervous system safety, like it's hard. <laughs> it's actually best not to trust yourself when you're in a state of dysregulation, because that's not really your rooted, grounded in inner knowing. That's panic mode. And a lot of us lived for such a long time in panic mode that we were like, well, I can't trust myself. I'm hysterical and crazy. And like, This is how I ended up trapped, like following a dude to South America. Like, I would do crazy, crazy stuff because I was just, I had no tether to my best interests or my own wellness. I was constantly looking for whatever impulsive thing that would make me feel good in the moment. And I, you have to practice trusting yourself. And one of my favorite ways to do that is to remind myself all the time that you can't do it wrong. Whatever choice you make is how you find out if something is for you or not. Fuck around and find out. Figure it out as you go. If you can't decide something, pick something. I was telling this client the other day about if you want to make a decision and you're unsure, get a coin. And you can say, okay, heads, I do this, tails, I do this. Flip a coin. And if it lands on something and you feel immediate dread in your body, you know the answer. The answer is don't do that. The answer is go the other way. Sometimes you need, you need someone to witness you or like a little bit of support system, but you know the difference between a fuck yes and a fuck no. If you are having to convince yourself about something, if you feel soggy about something, that is not the thing for you. Trust your conviction and act with conviction. Like, if you're going to do something, do it all the way. Don't just be like, yeah, well, maybe this will be it. And this will be it. This is why a lot of people don't get any results when they work with medicine because they are willing to a appoint. They're willing to go sit in the ceremony, but they don't want to go deep or they don't want to get ready for the ceremony in a way that is really going to give them the results that they want. Or they just go to ceremony and don't do anything afterwards and expect the medicine to just fix everything and are not doing any of the practices or making any changes in their lives to support health and wellness and feeling good. And all of this stuff takes time. We want things to happen fast. And I have been saying this summer, it's time for a slowdown. We need to slow down individually. We need to allow space for integration to occur. Integration is not just about doing. It's about letting everything percolate inside of you and seeing what comes to the surface after time has passed. And it's about making small changes that you can stick with over time, that you can be consistent with. And it's also about... Shifting your belief system into something more positive and beneficial. If you believe that the world is a horrible place and there's no hope and what's the point, nothing that you do will change anything in your life. You have to know that there is a bigger plan out there, that there is a benevolent intelligence, a consciousness that is flowing through all of us, that is connecting all of us, that has some plan that we don't even understand, you know, and we don't have to understand it. You can look at the state of the world and be horrified and like upset about it and feel that it's wrong and also not engage in that vibration all day, every day of like, this is horrible. I can't fix it. I'm not going to, I'm either going to do everything and blame everything on myself and take all this responsibility. And by the way, these corporations that are Making plastic and pushing oil and creating this society that we live in want us to believe that it's all our fault individually. And they're like, well, if you guys didn't want so much gas, we wouldn't be pulling it out of the ground. That's bullshit. (laughs) Do not buy into that. It's not your fault. You are doing the best you can. Does that mean don't take conscious action? No. It means do what you can imperfectly. And let it go. Because it's not your responsibility to solve the whole thing. If every single person does a little bit, what will happen? You don't have to hold this all yourself. And you also can see the external reality of the world and decide that you're going to create a different reality for yourself. You have to be able to trust in your inner knowing and trust that you're a powerful creator being who can make huge changes in the world just by changing your own life. This is how it works. And I have talked to so many people on coaching calls. I always ask, what is the dream? Like, what do you want in your life? And I have yet to hear a person that has not described living closer to the land, owning land, becoming a farmer, having a community, living in a spiritual, slow, you know, picking flowers every day, walking through to waterfalls and like hiking the mountains, whatever, going to the beach, like People are not like, I want a Ferrari and I want to live in a penthouse in New York city. I've never heard that. At least the people that talk to me don't want those things. I'm sure some people want them. How can you simplify your life? How can you create and crave a more simple life? I'll tell you the number one thing that I want more than anything in my life is a good night's sleep. (laughs) This is my absolute dream is to sleep every single night, for eight or more delicious uninterrupted hours. That's my dream. <laughs> I want to, I have the dream of a newborn infant, actually. Um, how can you, how can you downsize your, your, the driver of the dissatisfaction, which is, which is attachment. Dissatisfaction comes from Attachment to not having. It's like an addiction to lack. It's like, no matter what I have, it's not enough. It's the matrix in a nutshell. And so how can you, how can you learn to be satisfied with what you do have? How can you fall in love with the life that you already have? Because if you can't love what you have already, why would the universe give you more? We're constantly asking for more when we don't even care to appreciate or be present with what we already have. We want more. We want more. We want more. More, 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 more. More is not the answer. Appreciation is the answer. Slowing down is the answer. Being grateful, being in relationship with what is here in front of you is the answer. You don't need more. You need to change the way that you see things. It's not the same thing. So the cure for perpetual dissatisfaction is looking inward. It's finding that the grass is not greener on the other side. It's actually very, very green where you already are. And taking an inventory of your current life, your current situation. What do you love? What is amazing? And putting your attention on that and refusing to engage with this dragon don't engage with the struggle. The only way you can stop struggling is to stop participating in it. And that's, you know, that can be easier said than done. It's not always, okay, here's some tips. Like, I wish that I could solve every problem that you have on this podcast, but that's not how it works. It takes a lot of time and effort and energy and, you know, talking about this stuff and sharing your own personal story and having support and people that get it and being surrounded by a scaffolding, a foundation of whatever it is that you need to make these changes in your life and make them stick. And that's why I do the work that I do. So if you're interested in getting support to shift out of the struggle, if you want me to take the sword away from you that you use to fight the dragon, let me know. I'm here to help. Again, I have a few free sessions on my website that you can book, SinclairFleetwood.com. There's lots of different ways to work with me. I have master classes, digital courses, I can take you through the entire process of from beginning to middle to end working with plant medicine and psychedelics and we will heal and we will grow with whatever comes up along the way. I am grateful to be here with you and it's my pleasure to be in service and I would love to hear from you. I hope you have a great day and thank you for listening to this podcast.